Well, good morning. It's good to be with you all this morning. Most of you probably know me by now, but for those of you who I may not have met, I'm Pastor Leo. I'm the next-gen pastor here, and I'm so grateful to be able to bring God's Word to you this morning. Today, we're coming to the end of our series here at the bench, where we've been having some really good but challenging conversations with God. We've talked about sin and the way it curves us inwards toward ourselves. We talked about the good news of the gospel and that through the Holy Spirit, that inward curve can be corrected so we turn towards God and towards others. And then we discussed some of those internal and external obstacles that come up against us as we seek to love and serve others. Things like our own biases and prejudice and the dehumanizing lessons our culture ingrains in us. We talked about keeping Christianity weird, <laughs> that there is this call for us to live what we believe, and that when we do that, we look different than the world around us. We talked about true revival, and we learned that it starts with this honest and vulnerable prayer, asking the Holy Spirit to expose in us the places that aren't Christ-like and start by transforming that. And then last week we talked about saying thanks to God even before the miracles happened, even when we find ourselves in the middle of darkness. We've been having some really good but challenging conversations at the bench. I don't know about you, but there have been times throughout this series where I've thought, wow, God, I have a lot to work on. And I hope that you felt that way too at some point, because that means the Holy Spirit's doing something. But there's been this question reeling for me, okay, God, what do I do with all of this? How do I hold all of this, all of these places I know I need to work on now? So our question for this morning is, what do we do when we are in seasons of spiritual growth that are challenging, that push and stretch our faith? I've sensed this invitation from God, come, sit with me, and stay a while. Let's read the word of the Lord together today. I'm going to be reading from Mark chapter 2, verses 18 to 27. This is the word of the Lord. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and on that day they will fast. No one sews an unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No. They pour new wine into new wineskins. 
One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Come sit with me and stay a while. God's inviting us. What do we do in seasons of spiritual growth when our faith is pushed and we're weary and overwhelmed? Well, we Sabbath. The author of Hebrews talks about the Sabbath and in chapter four, verses nine to 10, it says this. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their work, just as God did from his. I love that imagery there, that Sabbath is entering in to God's rest. So what do we do when we're in seasons of spiritual growth that are hard, when our faith is being stretched and pushed? Well, we enter in to God's rest, for there is no weariness or overwhelm there in God's rest. But to really understand what's happening in our passage this morning when Jesus says the Sabbath was made for man, we've got to back up a little bit. The beginning of our passage for this morning, some people, they ask Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours aren't? Jesus is a Jewish rabbi and his followers are Jewish, so they should be following the Jewish customs. These people are asking them, why aren't you? Like, who do you think you are? Jesus' answer is really interesting. First, he says, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? Who do you think you are, Jesus? Someone pretty important. The awaited one. He doesn't use the word Messiah here, but that's what he's talking about. And then Jesus continues to respond to them, and he says, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. Well, what in the world does that mean? <laughs> well, Jesus responds to this question, why aren't you following our religious customs? By saying, I'm like a new piece of fabric. And just like an unshrunk piece of fabric can't be used to patch up an old garment, you can't try to sew me into this existing religious system. I'm not gonna fit. 
I want to do something new. In other words, God's saying, Jesus is saying, I'm about to shake things up. Like new wine needs new wineskins in order to be contained, a new way of life is going to be necessary because of me. And just after Jesus issues this warning, we get this passage about the Sabbath. I find that really interesting. It's almost like their faith is about to be stretched and pushed and they're about to enter this really challenging season of spiritual growth. And then Jesus reminds them the Sabbath was made for man. I'm about to shake everything up. It's going to be hard. Don't forget about God's gift of grace to you. But it gets even more impressive that this is when Jesus talks about this. If we look back to when God first gave the command to practice the Sabbath to his people. The first time we see God command his people to practice the Sabbath is in Exodus 16. Now, if you've read your Bibles, you're probably like, wait, 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 but Genesis, like six days work, seven days rest. Well, in Genesis, after God creates the heavens and the earth and all that is in the earth, God rested. But the very first time we see God command his people, the Israelites, to practice the Sabbath is in Exodus 16. They've just been rescued from slavery in Egypt, and they're in the wilderness, and God is about to start preparing them to be a people of blessing to the nations. See, God had promised Abraham, the father of the Israelites, that he was going to make his descendants a blessing to the nations. And so, as the Israelites are in the desert, in the wilderness, after they've been rescued for slavery, God begins preparing them to be this blessing, to be this holy people. And God has a lot to say to them about this. The whole rest of the book of Exodus and all of Leviticus are full of God's instructions for the Israelites about how to be a holy people. 613 instructions, to be exact. And I don't know about you, but I would have sat there and thought, wow, God, we've got a lot to work on. But what I love about this is before God starts instructing them, before he tells them a single thing they need to work on, he commands them to practice the Sabbath. To practice resting from their work and trusting in God's work. To practice receiving God's grace so that when they see this long list of things they've gotta work on, they won't become weary or overwhelmed or shame-filled. So right before God shakes everything up for the Israelites, he gives them the Sabbath this gift of sustaining grace to them. And they struggle with it at first. But eventually, 
they start to get the hang of it a little bit. The unfortunate thing is, over the course of generations, and by the time we get to Jesus, this gift of grace had become, for many, just an item to check off the spiritual to-do list. Not for all, but for many, it had become a measure of one's spirituality and a matter of pride. Of course I practice the Sabbath. You don't practice the Sabbath, you heathen. Right? It had become just something to check off the spiritual to-do list for many and one more way they could try and earn God's favor. And so when we get to our passage today, Jesus, he issues this warning, I'm about to shake things up. And then he corrects this unhealthy idea of Sabbath the religious leaders seem to have. And Jesus points back to that original intent. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. God didn't create you to just check this thing off. This is God's gift of sustaining grace to you. The Sabbath is God's gift of sustaining grace to us. And it is his grace to us in all seasons, but especially in seasons where our faith is being pushed and stretched and challenged. When the Holy Spirit reveals to us, hey, you've got to work on this, God's grace is awaiting us, inviting us, come sit with me and stay a while. But Sabbath seems to be this thing that we struggle a lot with. We live in this culture of hurry and busy and we learn that our worth comes from our productivity and our achievements. We learn that if we're not a workaholic, we're not doing enough. We live in this culture of busy, but God's inviting us to something different. I think one of the reasons we struggle so much with Sabbath is because we've believed the lies that it is wasted time. We believe the lies that Sabbath is wasted time. But Sabbath is not a stagnant space. It is rest from work and ceasing from work. But it is not a stagnant space. Let me explain. For those of you who know me, you might know that I'm a crazy plant mom. I've got lots of plants. I name them all kind of weird, but it brings me joy, so we just roll with it. But I've learned some things as I've taken care of my plants over the years. One thing I've learned is that after you tend to a plant, after you pluck its leaves and water it, give it some new soil, fertilize it, you let it be. And it's in that space and time where it is not being tended to that it grows. See, if I watered my plants all day, every day, they would have no time to absorb the nutrients they need and they would not grow, they would die. Sabbath is this space where what God's been tending to in us has room to grow. 
Sabbath is not a stagnant space. It's where we can absorb what he's been teaching us, internalize it, and let it settle deep within our bones. Sabbath's not a stagnant space. It's not wasted time. It's actually really vital for our spiritual growth. It's not wasted time. Look at these images up here. I was looking at these doing a project a little while ago and I just thought to myself, wow, what is one of the things that parents love to do most? Play with their kids, right? Hang out with their kids. And it's the same with our Heavenly Father, Abba. He just wants to spend time with his kids. Sabbath, it's not wasted time. If you're a parent, you're probably thinking, yeah, no minute with my kid is wasted time. Sabbath's not wasted time. It's vital to develop our relationship with God. It's this space of grace to us. There's no prerequisite to come and sit and stay a while. God gave the gift of the Sabbath before he gave the instructions. There is no prerequisite. God just wants you to come and spend time with him. And when we're in seasons where our faith is pushed and challenged, Sabbath is especially made for us in those moments. It reminds us that we are loved before we are perfect, which we'll never be. <laughs> Sabbath reminds us that we are loved first. It can be hard <laughs> to confront the places in our lives that still need God's transforming grace. And we've been talking about a lot of those throughout this series. But God does not want us to feel shame-filled and overwhelmed. God's given us this gift of grace to rest in as we grow. He's given us this Sabbath The worship team is gonna come and they're gonna lead us in a song. It's called Not in a Hurry. We live in a world of hurry, <laughs> in a world of busy. But God invites us to something very different. As we hear these lyrics from this song this morning, maybe you wanna take this time to pray God, what would it look like for me to practice the Sabbath? Can I just be honest? If you're not practicing the Sabbath regularly, you're missing out on God's grace to you. Maybe you want to take this time to pray about that. Maybe you want to come to the altars and lay down that weariness and overwhelm that you've been feeling and enter into God's rest. Maybe you want to just stand with your hands open, receiving God's grace to you. 
our postures are this outward expression of what God is doing inwardly, this physical expression of what's happening in our hearts because of God's movement. So as we close and worship through music today, I just invite you to take whatever posture you need to take and spend this time entering into God's rest. His grace is waiting for you. Thank you.